podcasting from the world's most livable city, Melbourne. This is the Your Career Down Under Show, a podcast dedicated to help newly arrived skilled migrants and settled migrants with their career and employment issues. We interview recruiters, career coaches, HR experts and employers who share tips, techniques and insights to help you land a job quickly and rapidly advance your career. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Naishad Gadani coming to you from Melbourne. And today on our LinkedIn live show, we are answering your questions about job search, resume, interviews, LinkedIn, how to change your career or how to run a marathon. You know, we will ask <laughs> us a question and we will answer it for you. <laughs> the last one would be much trickier for me, but I'll Google and, and find out great answers for you. But this is all about how to get a job in Australia. Uh, and that's what we are going to take your questions on. And today is our 131st episode. We are inching closer to 150, which is would be another milestone in around, let's say, around five weeks time. So, so thank you for all those people who've been, you know, consistently watching us, listening to us and keeping us on our toes, uh, you know, as well by answering, by asking a lot of interesting questions as well. But we also like to extend our thanks to all the guests who's been, you know, kind enough and gracing our show and sharing their knowledge and, you know, you know, insights. We had fabulous guests this week. If you have not gone and watched this week's show, you must. We had Alan starting with designing your career. Then we had Willem who spoke about how to get a job in COVID-19 times. So fantastic insights. And then we had Brian who talked about the power of movement and habits. And yesterday we had a special guest from all the way from Canada, Devina Kaur, and she spoke about the radical self-acceptance bit. So today it's going to be a little lighter than all the other previous episodes. And we are going to take your question. So, we will start to answer your question as soon as it arrives. But before that, let's welcome Caroline Brown, the co-host of the show. Thanks, Nish. And actually, I was going to say that Balan was going to give us a pop-up and give us a, a reading on the number 150, Balan, if you can tell us if there's anything special about that number, because um, that's coming up. In My instant math is pretty crap. So what are we looking at? 21, 29. <laughs> No, 19. 19. 19 shows. Yeah, 19 shows um, to be 150. So I think there's some good numbers to work with there, Balan, if you can have a look at those and see what's auspicious about those, um, what we need to work towards, that would be fantastic. But, yeah, the guests this week have been awesome. Um, last night we had uh, Davina talking about how to be fabulous and how to recognise your own inner fabulousness. And she was very, very entertaining as well. So um, please check that show out if you haven't seen it already. So Rapal's popped up and said, good morning. Hi, Rapal. Great to see you here. Um, if you've got any questions, please hit us with them. We'd love to have a crack at answering them. Excellent. I think one of the news that we, uh, you know, it's quite 
um, you know, it was heartening to see that uh, the unemployment rate in Australia dropped. Uh, you know, which the government number says that hundred thousand more people have been able to find work. Um, you know, which is fantastic. You know, I I think it just shows the you know, the lot of uh, you know underlying current of the Australian economy and where they are moving. Obviously, the data will still come out of the where which industries has been hiring in those uh, you know regions as well on what kind of industry has been hiring as well but i think it is it was very heartening data to to see that the unemployment dropped i'm pretty sure no other developed economy would have seen drop in the unemployment obviously it increased and then it dropped but regardless of that it it just shows that there might be some hope uh, you know as well and since victoria would be opening up slowly gradually next few weeks i'm pretty sure that we will see you know some other movement also in the hiring space as well you know everyone is obviously you know with their uh, with their breath you know waiting for the 29th september i think that's where the the, the stage for lockdown i think might be easing into something else uh, but would be would be very interesting to to see what comes out of that. Maybe we'll be allowed out until nine thirty, Nash. <laughs> anyway, Balan says that in India we add one to make it auspicious, so the next number will be one hundred and fifty-one. Yeah, we might have to celebrate one hundred and fifty-one shows rather than one hundred and fifty. So. Um, or Kapil says, uh, with 150 coming up, how do you guys feel that you have helped so many people um, that to free of cost should be a great feeling? Yes, it is. It's fantastic. And we love doing these shows. So um, it's a great thing for us to look forward to every day as well. So I've got a question from Navjot. Hi, Navjot. Good to see you here. And um, yeah. Why recruiters are rigid for years of experience? Like if you have two or three years of experience in a particular skill, they say no, we need four. That's because they're not great recruiters is my answer to that. Often it's really interesting because it is that thing. You can have the same experience repeated four times or four years of experience. So I always say that, you know, if, if a job says four and you've got two or three, have a crack at the job. Um, make sure that you demonstrate the value that you've added um, and in that kind of way rather than focusing on limited experience or the experience that they say that, that you haven't got. A lot of HR managers I know roll their eyes or a lot of actually a lot of recruiters roll their eyes when they're working with clients who are recruiting. So external recruiters are trying to educate um, clients about who you know what the market looks like and a client will say well we need 10 years experience and it's like well what let, let's just unpack that a bit why 10 you know what what does somebody get in 10 that they don't have in five you know you'll be eliminating you know everybody up to nine years experience so even recruiters find that requirement that employers get stuck on quite um challenging as well so but yeah if it says if you've got two or three and it says four i'd still apply i'd still make sure that you put you know squeeze every uh ounce of value and, and put it on your cv um representing those, those two or three years and they may well overlook that as well so 
I agree. I think I remember. I remember a joke that was doing rounds on LinkedIn and Twitter, that somebody you know who kind of you know invented the computer programming language. I don't remember the language, but the job ad said that somebody should have seven or eight years of experience into this. And the the guy who invented that said that I invented this five years back. I don't know how can you get a seven eight years of experience, right? So I I think that is very subjective. Secondly, if the recruiter is or anyone is saying it, consider that those are some of the ways that people want to discourage you not letting you know the exact reason yeah. why you know why we are kind of you know not considering your applications too it's like a like a white lie that you can't contest but you know it's a lie but you mm-hmm. can't really contest that so i think it is it is important to see that if somebody tells you that it does not necessarily mean that it's the truth you know it it might be their view it might be that they don't want to tell you the the real reason for that because of various consequences that it might have so it's it's all all about it so i think you got to take that with a pinch of salt no jodan i'm not saying that it's a you know sometimes you have to ask people right sometimes you say hang on you know tell us so what do you mean that i don't have four years of, what does four years of experience mean that i do not have that can you answer that for me mm-hmm. and when you are asking those questions i i think you got all the rights to ask those mm-hmm. questions you know if you if you did not win a bid or a contract or a tender you know you'd say no that's fine if i did not win that's fine but tell me where do you think my, i i you know uh, where do you think that i did not do a great job you know tell me about it right you got to ask people now even asking it's up to their you know it's their choice to whether to respond to you know you know that question with with the uh, you know with some substance or not but at least you gave it give it a you know you know red hot go at this so i think that's equally important amjot i think in that that qu- the question that you kind of want to probe with in- in a bit, if you're ringing and asking about that requirement, might be, um, what skills um, do I need to demonstrate, and what does the person who you know would be successful in the job, what value would have they needed to show? Like, what what are the results that you're actually expecting this person to achieve? And that will give you a sense of whether that's the right job versus. Um, you know, three years versus four years. So um, it'll get get the conversation starting. Um, Punem says hi, hi Punem. Great to see you here. Um, okay, uh, Balan says um, the ad further states that you should be in a similar role for a particular number of roles. My take is that if you've spent two or three years in a particular role, uh, one should be applying or considered for a higher role. could be you know um, you know I, i think i think you know not knowing everything i i think you got to take a, that judgment call and sometimes it's a judgment call whether somebody with with five years of experience can get a job as a seven years in seven years if they've asked for seven years and you've got five years whether you are able to get that or not it it all depends on how you structured your application and whether the whether the impact that they are looking for for someone in 7 years whether you can demonstrate that in 5 years or not right so it's a whole package thing it's just not about 7 years of experience to you know so to say uh but that's right you know i think balin also says that uh you know uh 
you know, we keep on blaming a recruitment agency or recruiter. It is hiring manager in the company who brief the recruiter and accordingly they issued such advertisement. I think that's right. You know, in the days I think I think KB you have worked in corporates, so you know the biggest one of the challenges there. How do you articulate the job description as mm-hmm. well? That is also a big challenge, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I mean, everybody's got their role to play, right? So, but the recruiter, external recruiter is their job, they're marketing themselves is their ability to understand their employment market and also understand the company. So they have a role in basically making sure, like really identifying what's required, not not it coming down, not, not, not just accepting that requirement for um, one or two years. Um, and then the employer has, you know, if they're really seeking to have a valuable relationship with a recruiter, has a role to give the right information um, to, you know, in a way, you know, they're hiring the expertise so to accept that kind of coaching. So it's kind of like the sum of both things ends up in what that job description um, actually looks like. So. Um, and then it's your role to um, express your value in a way that's meaningful to the recruiter. So everybody has their part to play in terms of that matching process um, is the way that I actually see it. Absolutely. Uh, all right, Poonam says, just had a chat with a recruiter calling me for .NET developer role. Though I had five years of experience in that, but now moved into BI and data analytics. So he thinks my experience is outdated. How do you justify that? Uh, that's, a, that's a difficult one. I, I think unless there has been a dramatic change in .NET development, something else has come up, which is, which is that the recruiter feels that now you've got, uh, you know, you don't have that particular knowledge. I think that could be the reason that, you know, uh, secondly, is that sometimes what what people feel is that whether you know you've got you know you plan to head in a certain direction, and now you want to go back in a different direction. Whether whether can I really count on that, or are you going to if you see a job in 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 BI or data analytics and you jump on that and you leave this, so you're putting me in a difficult situation then with the client. Because then I have to source another for someone else, right? So I think that those are some of the consideration that the recruiters or for that matter anybody would have, right? Uh, you know, there is no easy way to to do that. Um, you know, obviously, if you you know, if you look at not knowing full on everything, but if it's a three month role, for example, if it's a six month role, then you can you can confidently say that that's fine. You know, my my current priority is to get a job. That's what I'm looking at. And if this is a three months, six months contract, I'll probably put this, you know, that thing aside and focus on completing the contract. If that gives you that that commitment or that gives you that, uh, what we say, the um, you know, the strong argument so that you can take it to the client, uh, you know, if that if that helps you, I don't know exactly what you uh, you know could have said at that time, uh, but it it also you know I think maybe a lot of the time is. It's also your own conviction, yeah. you know, not not what you say, but who's saying it is yeah. also very important. Yeah, I think also um, again, you know, take give yourself a sense of power in this this conversation and make sure that, like, when you're having that 
those conversations. Um, I know people call you, but if you're calling the recruiter, make sure that you've got a clear head and you're feeling, you know, do some things to actually physically boost your confidence before you make that call, whether it's making sure that you're standing up or going for a walk, um, reminding yourself of all the great things that you've done, but put yourself in the mindset before you actually speak. And then if you get thrown, like I thrown a question like that, you're not like a rabbit in the spotlight in terms of just accepting that at face value and you've got some space some headspace to actually question what they mean so again um you you know my experience might be outdated okay well just make you know you might want to counter with okay so so what what would i actually be doing in this role and i'll let you know whether i've done that you know that's what I did most recently that means that my experience is probably quite relevant for the role so just to be able to counter that with the question of oh could you you know explain to me that the typical tasks I'll be doing in that role and um, I'll you know I'll let you know whether that that's something that I have done done previously or even just that question could you let me know the typical tasks so I can understand it better um, so to get them to explain that and then you might not you know you get the chance to say well that's actually what I did do in you know a couple of years ago and then like Nash says I think it's important to go well it is different from what you've got currently on your resume that suggests that you're going in a different direction so if you are going to apply for something that you did a couple of years ago you've got to be clear in your mind when that you're going to be asked that question and that's going to be an objection so you've got to be ready for that type of response and it might be that you know data um, business intelligence data analytics is something that you've pursued for interest but you do realize having done that that you're actually much more interested in um, a, net, a .NET development type role you know that that's actually just confirmed that that's not the right thing for you and you'd like to re-pursue that so just be prepared for those sorts of questions that you're going to get if you're not applying for something um, that's an immediate match with you on paper because everybody gets laser focused on what it is that you've done most recently as a good indicator of what it is that you want to do want to do next basically absolutely Balin says that uh you know there can be there can be 100 reasons for rejecting you if they have already identified a candidate that is also also accurate you know you know it's, it's just unfortunate things of of sometimes these hiring practices is that if they already have set an eye on someone and sometimes just ends and ended up being a formality more than a rigorous process of finding the best uh, you know suited person for the role so you know those are some of the things came yeah i don't think so that you can really fight or you can do you know you can't hire an investigative journalist to go around but the other thing too is if you're consistently getting these sorts of things like no local experience oh you know we need somebody with four years experience when you've only got three years and ten months i'm sorry um or we've just filled the role or you know if you if you get a sense that you're getting these like if you actually think on paper and you understand the role that you're applying for and you think that you're a good fit for it and they're interviewing you obviously what they've seen on paper they believe is a good match so in a sense is it about your experience so much when you're actually speaking to somebody on the phone because the idea of that is is to like a phone interview for example is to listen to 
your communication skills. So how clearly can you, how, how clearly do you understand the question? Are you listening to the question and responding to that? How clearly are you able to articulate an answer back? So I would look, if you are getting interviews, you're getting the screening calls, your resume's doing the job. So maybe it's something within the way that you're communicating those calls or, so I would, I would actually try and get some coaching or get some feedback on, on that, that particular aspect. Because, you know, for me, why would a recruiter call you to tell you that that's obvious on your resume that your experience wasn't up to date? Like it's, it's there, you know what I mean? <laughs> so Penam, I, I, I'd have a look at that. I'd have a look at the way that you're communicating and coming across because it, it may well be something in that that that's um, stopping you absolutely it reminds me if you've not watched it go and watch the latest episode of utopia on abc where there's uh, you know you know where there's a, a submission or, or a project given to the government for them to review the you know the project gets clearance and then they find out that on the first page of the preface it says that they have to uh, demolish 12 houses and and they didn't read that so the, the project manager says hang on i put it and they said where did you put it he said right there on the first page <laughs> oh we didn't read that right so so i i think i think this just shows that you know how many times do we also read that every line in detail even though that's in front of us i i think we don't and you know i'm not sure what the hiring process will look like in next five to ten years but i you know i i think the way it is going it is some things are great but a lot of the other things are broken i'm pretty sure that there's a lot of opportunities for people to to design something which is more more interesting. I'll probably give you know. Then can you take a comment? Then you know there, there's a, a particular platform that I saw that. So you know it's it's in. I think it's in. Obviously it's in US. But you have to play a game. You have to literally play a game, and based on the game that you play and the outcome and everything else, the company decides whether you are a good fit for them or not. Just not yeah. culturally, but technically, in everything. So if you want, let's say, if you want to apply for Telstra, Telstra will design a game for a business analyst, and then you play the game, and the, the outcome will decide. They're fantastic, right? Really, very unique way to find talent. But yeah, there are a lot of opportunities around. Maybe. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> no, ah, oh yeah, okay. There is one bit of real estate on your resume that you can pretty much guarantee that a recruiter will read, and that's what you've been doing most recently. That's where they, you know, that's where their eyes typically go. So, um, yeah, I was just mentioning that in terms of, you know, you said it, people forget to read what's on CVs. You can pretty much guarantee that that's what they're going to, that's what will be read. Um, okay, so Paris says, happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. I'm really glad it's Friday, to be honest. So, um and Balan says, Carolyn Brown, as you've already said, it's to complete a mere formality that so many candidates were called an interview for before the particular person was selected. That's how Punam said resume got selected just to inform you that you don't have specific experience. Not sure what that means. Let's take that as common. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Q and A. Um, okay, just with with recruitment like 
government there's, there's different ways that government recruits versus the private sector recruits the private sector whether it's done by an agency or whether it's done internally they don't need to read all applications there's, they don't they can pick the top 10 they can pick the top one they can pick the top three government have a stricter process so they often have a select or most likely have a selection criteria if they're doing it themselves and they have to read all applications and assess all applications so in government you may well get a call even if a candidate's been selected um, for the role but if a candidate's sort of been pre-selected in the private sector you know um, I would suggest that that candidate's being pre-selected and, and, you know, nobody would waste a lot of time going through a process that they're not going to use unless there's some political reason for that. But generally, you know, if they've filled something, they've filled something. So, yeah. Agree. Ishani, welcome. Uh, you know, it's glad that you're happy to be here. This is one thing that, Katie, I want to do, you know, because I had, you know, three different chats with in, you know graduates who are finishing or finish the studies and then i go back to what brian said i really liked that thing that one of his clients he said that you know has said i'm not going to look for work i will just look for work next year in february and march because i don't want to do that i found that you know and and mind you i don't I, i'm not even suggesting that you should be complacent around that or you should not worry about your financial resources at all okay i'm not talking about that at all what's most important thing is that in this time you know that certain specifically for graduates i can say right is is that there is so much talent out there people who lost jobs and are trying to enter into the market I think graduates, you know, would have less and less chance because they are not, they they, they don't have the experience, uh, you know, in in some of the situations, and they don't have a lot of you know knowledge as well, skills, you know, lacking skills as well. Here is a couple of things that I kind of think that would be useful. First is you know use this opportunity to, and and just decide in your head. I'm not going to look for work for next three four five months you know because it's going to be a hugely tough right and put that aside that this is my this you know the you know for me to run the marathon i'm going to just prepare i'm not going to run the marathon i'm not going to run five kilometer right now. i'm just going to prepare for the marathon and that requires that you really read a lot about your industry you know find out as much training information as about that secondly is also network a lot i can give another analogy i was talking to somebody today i said think about our careers as a tree right careers as tree now if you if you you know you know start to dig up the ground and put some seed into that usually you don't see anything come off the on on the ground until i don't know a week 10 days 12 days a month and then you start to see that but initially the you know the growth mainly happens under the ground under the surface and that's what i want you to consider that network learning uh you know understanding the marketplace all those things are pretty much your your solid ground that you are building right now so that when you when you when the market starts to pick up uh you know in three to six months time i think you'll be better shaped 
at or taking the market at that time because one is you feeling more confident is more powerful than what your resume says because resume you can say i've worked you know xyz place you know abc but if you don't feel confident it's not going to work out as well so i think that is where i wanted to kind of you know give people and you know something which is uh you know on my head uh, you know since last couple of days is to decide and and work this out that you know you know if it's difficult leave that right now and focus on some other things scaffolding things which you can build on that mm. yeah i think um anybody that takes an extended break and doesn't feel refreshed after it like there's breaks this there is value in just not doing just having a break you know we have such a pressure on us at the society to move forward and progress and progress and progress and there's you know something wrong with us if we're not but i i don't see any problem in taking a break like just a break you know feel more creative more energetic that type of thing um but ultimately you know you've got to be practical and you have to work and i i think i agree with you nash you do need like to build the you know to plant the seeds and water the seeds and not you know the the theory about career happenstance or planned happenstance is putting in those elements and then um something comes out of it so luck comes out of it but luck is where you know you're you're in the room you know that that's that's the planting the seeds you're you're in the room and you're 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 having a chat to somebody or you're you're reading an article or you're watching a podcast watching a youtube clip or listening to a podcast and commenting um you you're staying in the room of that conversation and i think that's you know part of if if people are thinking oh, i'm just not going to do anything that's still very much part of enriching your experience and enriching your connections and seeing seeing what comes out of it but taking a break you know that can give you a lot of clarity a lot of freshness and you know when when our brains are relaxed and we're not thinking along the one way that's where the ideas pop in and and that type of thing so Yeah. Um we've got a question from Ishani. Um is it necessary to have a temporary visa uh graduate visa when we apply for a full-time job or can I start applying for a full-time when even when on a student visa? Of course with the intention of getting a temporary visa. Um I don't see why you can't apply. Um you know, maybe you I I guess it's also um how you know, how certain that is going to be. um and you probably could expect to be asked that from someone if they if if it looks like you are on a on a student visa is what what chances do you have what what stage are you in the application process and what chance do you have of actually um securing <clears throat> that visa so i would expect to be asked that question um as well so yeah but i don't see why okay. and you can you can also mention that as part of the cover letters too you know i i think you know i i think there's there's already an awareness of, amongst uh, amongst employers or recruiters that there are international students and migrants who are on temporary visa so i don't think so they have a particular problem with it uh, the, the thing is that you be be clear around that you know that you know you 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 are going to apply or you have applied for a, you know for a bridging visa for a couple of years but due to covid it is right now stalled right now the process is and i do expect to receive that by the end of the year or something you know i think i think those are the those are the words that they want to really you know hear from people that there is some 
there's some uh, what do we say some some uh, not some data but there's some strong argument about that so i think that is where i i would want you to and put that as a ps on your cover letter it will always be read so that people understand you know you know what are some of the things that you are dealing with uh robbie's got a question uh how to approach a recruiting agency to get the interview result from an the employer sometimes it's quite a challenge to contact them on getting their feedback officially and yes that is absolutely the truth and you'd be surprised about just how many people complain about that level of being ghosted on the job front i remember years ago i went for an interview with deloitte and i never heard back <laughs> despite calls <laughs> um never heard back which you know and it was funny because that a recruiter was saying you know they're an employer of choice and they pick the right people and they treat them really well and yeah so um how to get the like i would just um call um ask if you could um get the result find out what's happening um say you know if you if you don't get a call back keep calling um i would give it two or three goes um it is up to you know it, it is respect for you and your time and the effort that you've gone to to actually pursue that and find out um some recruiters will give you good feedback some recruiters won't give you feedback a good recruiter will give you some feedback that you can use um but also remember that the recruitment process like the quality of that feedback depends on the quality of well it depends on the quality of the interview like how many i guess it's you know around how meaningful that feedback is depends on the quality of the interview that you've had because if it's not really assessed what it's supposed to assess it's not really a great reflection on what you're going to what you've delivered sometimes they give you an easy answer and an undeniable answer versus the truth so um always look at that feedback with that perspective um and sometimes you do, you do get the truth you know it's, um and i guess the other thing about that that process is that recruitment isn't a science so just going back to you know what is the what is the real truth in the reason that you you actually haven't got the, gotten that job um to basically keep that in mind sorry i'm losing my voice a bit <clears throat> no, i think that's perfectly right i did you know give them a call i think rather than sending any email or linkedin message because that's easily avoidable even though even though linkedin says that you know that i've read the message if i've read that um it's still i think i think uh, you know answering emails and sometimes giving a proper answer on email it takes 10 15 minutes for me to draft a proper email answer i would rather give that to you 5 minute on the phone you know robbie these are the reasons we are still waiting or this is the reason why you did not get the job whatever is the response i think people would still prefer that but at the same time i think job seekers have seen that uh, do uh, overall struggle to to use phone effectively mm. uh, you know as well so i think people i don't know there's some some amount of scare and fear that people have to approach decision makers as well that i've observed over a period of time and that's something that comes from practice and and considering yourself that it is within your rights to ask that you're not doing anything illegal here or you're not doing anything immoral here too you know by asking your them questions advice, you're not selling drugs you're not a drug dealer well you may be right. but 
you know absolutely you're just representing yourself absolutely. and you have got a great set of skills you're adequate you're fantastic for the job you're enough so just keep that in mind that there's nothing deficient or inadequate about you yeah. and if i can share this quick story on that because you know if you if you know steve samartino came here probably a couple of months back and he said to me that the that one of the reason why he came to our program because i kept on hassling him professionally politely i did not give up because he said you know we had a lot of exchanges on on linkedin uh, but i continued to pursue that i did not give up and he said i like that because a lot of people approach me and then they once i tell them once i said look send me something and then they will never send me i said that's not worth enough but but you continue to persist and you continue to send me what i've asked for with detailed responses and that's what i really liked about it so mm-hmm. sometimes it's also just you know just hustling there and calling people and doing that because remember it's that one person will require you to there's one person that you want him or her to trust you mm-hmm. and that person will be the catalyst to help you to get a job as well so i think it is it is equally important okay uh we got a comment from youtube i don't know what it is but it says i am that i am sounds very philosophical thank you whoever is watching i am that i am it's it's really great uh how it's going i think it's going fine uh well, no, fine. 20 degrees i really like that like the idea of uh when um, you know uh, gurman Uh, seeing that he came and he said uh, yeah. when somebody asked him where are, you know how how is it going and he said well, i'm going parameta i'm going by train or something yeah. it was yeah. it was hilarious yeah but i i think that's very australian uh, you know way of saying that how, you know how are you going i don't know I... and like victor perton says you know that's you know the question it should really be um what's the best thing that's happened to you today which is a nice question so My answer to how's it going is like not too bad. Yeah. It's always not too bad with me. It's not fan. I think that's like I on the scale of pessimism to optimism, I'm probably in the middle. So it's not fantastic. It's just not too bad. It's not too bad. Yeah. So That's excellent. Shall we never say it's great. So. Well, that's the next thing. for us to make sure that you say great uh yes ishari thank you very much uh, you know for coming along and yeah if you got question we got you know we can hang around for 5 minutes or so uh before we uh you know switch to talk about what's coming up next nish yeah sure why not day we have um i'm just confirming it with her actually um istabul from speak more clearly talking about how to be a clearer communicator esther is a speech therapist um of enormous experience who's developed this training program called Speak More Clearly in an Australian accent and a British accent and an American accent um and who works not around making everybody sound like um crocodile dundee and that's not about um integrating you know that's like I I like your your saying nation about you know the cup of tea with milk is sweeter with sugar in it and like this isn't this is about being able to be better understood. Um so yeah, really looking forward to Esther coming along on Monday. Um Ah yes, sorry. I'm just looking at Kapil's comment here. So 
Yeah. Well, actually, that's what Kapil said. Is that a good topic to cover for candidates? Known Aussie idioms. The first time I heard no dramas, I was struggling to understand what drama did I do. It's like no problem, you know. It is a problem. We have to say it's no problem instead of it's my pleasure. Actually, I don't even understand the difference between the two because it's saying it's not a pleasure. But anyway, um, yeah, no dramas is a pretty good one. And actually, we're going to cover, I think, um, some of that with, I reckon that'd be good to ask Esther, some of those things that people routinely, you know, that, that routinely trip people up. So one of them is bring a plate. <laughs> bring a plate of food. <laughs> Do we have to spell it out? <laughs> I agree. I agree. Balin says that that reminds me of another incident because of lack of understanding of English. Once a person was asked, how do you do? And the answer was, why should I tell you? It's totally personal. How do you know what I do? <laughs> that was really, really, really clever. But yeah, so on Tuesday also, on Tuesday, we are, we are talking about career change, you know, strategies. We have got, um, you know, Alex, who has been a recruiter also, but now he's done some other creative stuff as well. And we've got Rachel Mansfield. She works for IKEA. She's a people's manager there. She's got fantastic, uh, you know, experience around that. So they are coming and they're both both uh, part of Project Displays. So we want to give a shout out to Anne, to Anthony as well. Um, Is he going to and, um, actually help us assemble some IKEA furniture? Because have you ever done that? Oh, yeah, like, all, all my, the whole home. always misses. That's my experience. Anyway, so sorry, I just got sidetracked. For, it's Friday, so. No problem. And, and on Wednesday, we've got two shows on Wednesday. One is early in the morning, 9 a.m., where we've got a fantastic presenter coming all the way from U.S. And she's wrote a book called The Switchers. And her name is uh, uh, Dawn Graham. And she has got a fantastic TED Talk as well, which is your next job is just a conversation away, which is very, very simple to understand. I'm really looking forward to picking her brain around networking and conversations. So don't miss that. And on Wednesday also, we've got Gauri coming back again. She's a recruiter. Remember, we had so much fun and she you know, gave so much interesting concepts and ideas around jobs. And now we're going to talk about interviews also with her. So that these are the things and on friday obviously me and caroline will do this again uh you know as well so that's what's been happening next week um you know if you don't have any questions well that's pretty much it on this friday afternoon 18th of september and this is what 130 first episode looks like uh you know please make sure that you subscribe to our youtube channel if you have not done it and um you know if you there's something that i didn't share that but now we've got our own mask as well which is called optimism rocks <laughs> and we are we are more than we more than happy to give it out to people it is our way of saying thank you to you to listen if you want one um please just send me a message with your address uh you know and we i'll ship that to you next week it's free it just comes with you know gratitude that thank you for listening to us uh you know and thank you for your um, you know your continued support to us as well uh kb no that's it i totally echo what nasha said thank you very much for listening thank you for your support Hope to see you next week. Please subscribe if you haven't subscribed. Follow the hashtag career care package. And, um, yeah, looking forward to 
having a weekend off and seeing everyone next week. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Your Career Down Under show. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to know more about how Your Career Down Under can help you, please reach out to us on www.yourcareerdownunder.com.au And if you have got a question about today's episode or if you want us to do a particular show on a particular topic, please reach out to us. We would love to do that. Until next time, be well.